morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. The date is January 7th. Today is Nicolas Cage's birthday, and uh, I haven't seen this movie yet, but we talked to our movies guy on the team, Connor, and Pig is a movie that I've been trying to see all year. Um, and he gave us a quick little rundown of what it's about. So apparently it's about Nicolas Cage is portraying a chef who suffers a tragic loss and he retreats to the woods outside of Portland, Oregon. And then his pig and him go on these truffle foraging excursions and the, the pig is stolen. And he goes on a journey of self-discovery to get the pig back. All the imagery from it seems really sick. So I want to watch it. Bo, you still haven't seen it yet either, right? No, I have not seen it. Uh, as Connor and I discussed during our top five movies of 2021 podcast uh, that we did back in December, I kind of opened the question with like, yo, was there any movies that caught you by surprise? Like this year was filled with blockbusters. And he goes, funny enough, you say that my my fifth favorite movie of the year is Pig. And Connor explained that he's a huge Nicolas Cage fan. A quick question, Bo. Where could somebody listen to that podcast of you and Connor by chance? You can listen or watch the podcast on our YouTube page. We did a, a full video version live from the Vayner office, and it looks really clean and sharp in that 1080 HD high definition. So yes, go to YouTube, 1.37 p.m., and it is right there from December. Top five movies of 2021. Amazing. And with that, today we're going to be doing a Discord stage at 2 p.m. Eastern um, with all of the hosts of 7.31 a.m., where we're going to talk about some of our favorite stories from the week and just take some questions from the audience and the community. So if you want to speak with some of the hosts, hear about what we're excited about, um, hop into our Discord today at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we'll chat. With that, Bo, what's the biggest sports news from yesterday? Sports. This is a story that is actually pretty close to my heart a little bit. Obviously, Char, you know, we get to work in the sports media realm to some capacity. And this this story is kind of making waves. So the New York Times is going to be buying The Athletic. The Athletic is one of the biggest sports media services you can really subscribe to. It's about $3.99 a month and it covers every single team from every single sport and each team has a writer dedicated to that team and you get really good ex- like extensive exclusive coverage, a lot of one-on-ones, a lot of big like film breakdowns as well. And a few years ago, The Athletic was considered the newspaper killer. Back in 2015, 2016, The Athletic comes around and everyone is convinced that it is going to kill the newspaper industry, specifically sports media. However, after a few years, The Athletic did not hit the numbers that they originally thought they were going to hit. And now the New York Times will be buying The Athletic for reportedly a $550 million. Big boy cash right there. The New York Times has set a goal of having about 10 million subscribers by 2025, but that's just a number to me. You know, The Athletic put out similar numbers to this a few years back, and they weren't really able to do what they wanted to, and now they're having to sell to another company like The New York Times. I find it funny that what was considered the newspaper killer is now being bought by a newspaper company. Charlie, what's your take on The uh, the New York Times buying The Athletic? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think... In a way, it's sort of not a sad story to me, but based on what you're saying, like I do think that The Athletic sort of demonstrated this new model and there was such a period of hope for sort of independent journalism and that you could start a different model and really focus zero in on specific aspects of sports, even down to local sports and have a successful model. But then now it has become clear that 
the athletic has not been profitable. So for me, it's kind of a, a little bit of sad news because I, I think the New York Times has great coverage, but I love that the athletic got to sort of exist as its own entity. And now having the New York Times buy it, it's sort of demonstrating that like the major sort of not monopoly, but the the major publications still kind of have a monopoly over news. Essentially, I'm just curious to see how it looks, if how the subscription model will look, because there's no information about this yet. If you'll, with your New York Times subscription, get the subscription to The Athletic or whatever they call it. Ideally, it is possible that it's going to be great. If you have a New York Times subscription, you'll also get sports coverage in as in-depth as The Athletic used to do it. Um, but it's also possible that it'll alter the coverage or make it not as comprehensive. So we'll see. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, but uh, we won't really know until it actually happens. Yeah, I would imagine the a possibility is that you have a New York Times Plus subscription or something like yeah, that, where you I get agree. it in addition to it as well. But my last little thing would be that I think it's just going to be hard to compete with free media when, when you can go to a website like 137pm for free, not not to shamelessly plug ourselves, but I, I just think it's going to be difficult to compete. Um, staying in the, in the world of sports here, Charlie, the WWE has made news once again for their first round of cuts from the 2022 year. And listen, like wrestling fans have been barking about this for over a year now and and the wwe just doesn't seem to be that interested in longevity amongst their roster and talents you know already you get in 2022 vince mcmahon has fired william regal road dog jesse james scott armstrong you got the nxt in-ring talents uh the the NXT Tag Team Champions, Timothy Thatcher and Danny Burch are no longer with the WWE. It's a cutthroat business, I understand that, but the WWE has made it very, very clear, unless you are a superstar in our industry, we view you as disposable, but that's the way that they're going to go on with their business moving forward, Charlie. And also make sure you go to 1.37pm to check out the full list of the releases, because we just talked about a couple of them, but uh, it's uh, it'll be updated all the way throughout the year, so you can always keep up with what releases are going on with the WWE. Anything going on in the NFT world? NFTs. Yeah, there is. So this NFT news, I think the world of NFT music is one of the most interesting avenues for utility tied to NFTs. So as I feel like I harp a lot on this podcast, NFTs are a technology that is used to document any sort of transaction on the blockchain. So, so far, we've mostly seen it used to sell little JPEGs of apes on the internet, but that is far from the only use case of NFT technology. Um, and yesterday it was announced that Nas will be selling two of his songs as NFTs through uh, the DJ Blau 3LAU Blau's platform called Royal. So essentially the way that it works is uh, Royal is a platform that Blau started, I believe, late last year, but this is the first major drop with a major artist. Um, and you buy tokens that have some utility and the utility that is tied to them is streaming royalty rights. The NFTs exist on Polygon. So the two songs that Nas is going to sell are Ultra Black, which is a single from King's Disease, and then Rare, which is a single from the follow-up, the 2022 album King's Disease 2, which both of which were released by Nas's independent label. So then they're selling ownership tokens beginning on January 11th, and the tokens are sold in tiers ranging from about $50 to about $10,000 each with a corresponding percentage of ownership of the streaming rights. And just for a little bit of context, so last year, Blau made headlines as one of the first musicians in NFTs when he sold an album of his for, I believe it's still the music NFT record for $11 million on ETH. That was early in 2021. And then last year in October, he, he I can't remember if he sold or gave away. I think he sold 50% of the streaming rights to his song Worst Case. And to date, the streaming rights of that song have netted about $12 million, meaning that the collectors who own the streaming rights may have made as much as $6 million. I just think this is a really interesting use case for NFT tech going forward because it makes it so that people can 
It's sort of like investing in musicians. You can buy an NFT corresponding with streaming royalty rights for an artist that you think is going to blow up. And then if they blow up, you make some of the royalties off of your initial investment in them. And so I, I, I feel like music NFTs are a really cool use case of the tech. That is it for today's episode. For more details on these stories and more, head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all social media platforms. Also, please be sure to hop into our Discord so you can chat with us and our community. We will be back tomorrow. And as always, please remember to stay curious. Stay curious.